So come and minister the word. Bless you, brother. Good morning. Uh, saw Joe there yesterday, too. He walked from one side of the stands to the other side of the stadium just to say hello. He couldn't even walk in between the aisles because it was so packed and crowded. But he walked from one side of the stadium just to come to the other side of the stadium up to double U. Double U. That's, a, that's very high up. <laughs> Not double U, but double U. That's past W-X-Y-Z, double-A, double-B, you have to, just to sit at the very end of the aisle, about 18 seats down, and said, hey, I just wanted to come over and say hey to you. I said, Joe, he said, I need the exercise. <laughs> I said, Joe, I needed the exercise, <laughs> not you. But it was great to see him there, and it was great to see my son, Appalachian, did win, and um, it was just my wife and I, actually, which was like really a treat. You know, we are, in, in many respects, I guess we should be, <clears throat> what do you call it? Because we'll never be it. Um, empty nesters, right? <laughs> Don't think we'll ever be that, you know. But, um, but it was good just to, uh, to get away with her and to feel like she was a girlfriend again. I've got it, guys. And... Um, we didn't fuss, I don't think, much while we were there. And you know, If we fussed, it had something to do with her son, Jeremy. Her son, Jeremy. <laughs> and, uh, but it was good to have some fun. I did some things I haven't done before in terms of tailgating. And, um, you know, was able to share somewhat of an experience Many of you know that we had a son named uh, Josh who was a big-time athlete, and we, all of us had talked so much about going and seeing him play when he was going to be in college and, you know, uh, some of those things, you know, we never got to do. And, and uh, But Jeremy was, uh, you know, kept trudging forward and got a scholarship himself, and so it was good. It was good to see him, and uh, he's doing good. Thank you, and... Um, Hopefully we'll see him on the field next year. He's redshirting. Uh, he's got a 3.86 GPA right now, which is good. So we're proud of him. And uh, so keep keep uh, him and all of us in your prayer. As this ministry has done for our family from day one. Uh, so um, – I would just have to start off with just a, a, a basic testimony. You know, this this ministry is filled with uh, how many educators are in here, like teachers? And so I guess I've been here long enough, and that teacher anointing has uh, rubbed off on me. So I, I substituted for a while, and I was asked a lateral entry actually last year. And I, I said, no, I just want to see if this is for me, if it was a part of what I was called to do. This is really a part of my calling, you know. So I substituted a while. But this year, I'm lateral entry, so I am a teacher, so to speak. I'm, I'm teaching uh, social studies, <clears throat> uh, math, <laughs> and PE, which means I just put on my new balance and watch them play basketball, you know. <laughs> that's, that, that's what that is. And um, and um, I'm teaching 
at scales. And if anybody knows anything about scales, um, there's a great need at scales. And, uh, and so that's where I am. And I'm excited about being there. And uh, it's going to all work out. It's all going to be good. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, open our eyes. Just do it. Amen. Was that quick enough for you? If, if Nike can just have the whole world just saying, just do it. I mean, that's what God has been telling us from the beginning. Just do it. They stole something. That was a godly statement that they stole, so we're going to get that one back. God is saying, <laughs> just do it. Well, then you might ask, well, do what? And I think that's a question many of us struggle with. What do we do? I mean, what is the purpose for our life? You know, how are we to fulfill the will of God for our life? It's a question that I still deal with. And so this morning, I just want to go through a couple of things, maybe three or four points. And some of it, as I heard somebody phrase this morning, saying maybe this is basic stuff for some of you, and maybe some of it will be revelatory, you know. But I want to be obedient. And so I want to share this uh, with you. And so uh, I just want to start out by saying that, you know, we all have purpose and destiny. And I believe not just for us to fulfill the will of God for our lives, but for our lives to be fulfilled, we need to know God. We need to know who God is. And so first thing I just want you to know that when it comes to uh, knowing your purpose, I believe, first of all, you got to know who God is. Now, it's interesting to um, think about it. And I've got some scriptures, I'm, of course, I'm going to be sharing with us. But, but, but think about it. I, I've, I've struggled with this uh, down through the years when I asked myself, you know, we talk about Moses, great man of God, you know, used by God. But then I think about a guy like Pharaoh. Well, the truth of the matter is God is God. And what he is going to accomplish, he's going to accomplish. And Pharaoh accomplished, listen to this, the will of God for his life. Now, I don't know how fulfilled he was, but he accomplished what he was supposed to do. Because, I mean, without Pharaoh, it wouldn't have been the success of Moses. I mean, Moses' success that we see happened because there was a hard-headed Pharaoh. So, you know, we may not like to look at it gloriously, and we're certainly not going to hold Pharaoh up to be some type of biblical hero. But he lived his life and fulfilled his will. Now, think about it. There are some villains all throughout the Bible that none of us like to think about. Pharaoh being one, no one wants to be Pharaoh. No one wants to be uh, Delilah. No one wants to be associated with, I mean, how many kids do you know named Judas? 
right? Nobody wants to be associated with Judas. But their lives had purpose in fulfilling the will of God, right? So he is God, and it's important that we know that he is who he is. Because if we don't know who God is, then we'll live our lives walking in this sort of vanity, doing our own thing, never really being fulfilled and not really knowing that the purposes of God are still being accomplished. But I want to, and I would think you want to also know not only, you know, am I having a fulfilled life, but also that even as I'm walking in what I know God has called me to do, that the purposes of God are being fulfilled. They can go hand in hand. Secondly, um, not only do we need to know who God is, I think we need to know also not only God, but we can't know God without knowing his word. He is God, right? So if you look up, I want to put that scripture up, Ephesians 2 and 10. Ephesians 2 and 10. We're talking about now knowing God's word. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God have before ordained that we should walk in them. What is Paul saying? Paul is basically saying God knows the beginning from the end. Or as uh, I've heard said before, and I like, I like this saying, uh, he was in the beginning before the beginning began. Jeremiah 1.5 also lets us know, and this is a scripture that all of us know, when we talk about God knowing all and, and our lives being ordained. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So we need to know who, that he is God. We need to know God's word. First Peter 1 and 17. I know I'm throwing some scriptures at you this morning. 1 Peter 1 and 17. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear. He was in the beginning before the beginning began. God knows the end from the beginning. And yet we are called to walk through this life we're sojourners, if you will. We're just passing through. This is not our home. I think last time I spoke, we were talking about uh, being ambassadors for Christ. Where is, where is our home, literally? Is, is our home, is my home literally Park Village Lane? Not from the beginning, not from the beginning, before the beginning began. Is your home really in Jamestown? Is your home really in Greensboro, Liberty? 
No, for those of us who have been born again, our home is in heaven. We're sojourning. I mean, we, we, we're walking through. My wife even had, I said something yesterday in the car. We were going up the boon, and my wife, I used that word sojourning, and my wife, uh, she acted like she had never heard me use that word before. I forget exactly what, but we were talking about that particular word. But we're just walking through. This is not our home. But we have work to do. And the deal is, is that, you know, when it comes to knowing your purpose, I think most of us struggle. Okay, we know who God is. We know that he is God. But, we're, but we still struggle with, well, what am I supposed to do? How do, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? And I would just submit to you that even if you don't have a God said that even if, you know, that clarion voice you're listening for when you're alone and, you know, you're seeking the face of God and you really want to hear his voice. You know, even if you don't get that God said, what at least you still have is a principle. You still have his word. Even if you don't get that audible voice you're looking for, God still has principles. And if you don't have what God said, you still have a principle. So what are you talking about? You don't know exactly what to do. Well, at least I still know I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Right? There are things that God has set forth as principles for us that we still must do, even if we say we don't know exactly what to do because in reality, no matter what we think, God still expects us to fulfill our calling. We're all going to be held accounting, as, uh, accountable for what we do as we sojourn, as we, I mean, everything we do in our body, whether it be good or bad, right? Have you heard that before? So it's important to know that our reward in heaven for eternity is going to be based upon the here and now. Now, don't get salvation confused with that because this is not about works the gift of salvation has nothing to do with works but you have to know that our reward in eternity is going to be based upon the work that we do in the earth The gift of salvation you have has nothing to do with your works. But your rewards in eternity. And what is this? I've heard people refer to it as our life is nothing more than eternity training. This is what this life is. Eternity training. Our thoughts, our deeds every day is nothing more than preparing us for forever. All this life is, is eternity training. Titus 3 and 5. Guess I should have brought my Bible up here with me. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We're not saved because we dot every I, cross every T. And thank 
God, because I don't know about you, but I've, oh man, I've blown it so many times. Trying to do right, not knowing what to do, messing up, but still it's nothing more than the grace of God that keeps every one of us. It's the grace of God that keeps every one of us. So don't confuse fulfilling the will of God with the gift of salvation. Like Peter said in 1 Peter uh, 1 and 17, we're we're sojourning. We're on a journey. We're not just existing. We all have gifts and talents. So number one, I want you to know that he is God. Know he is God. Uh, Know his word. And number three, I want you to know that you are equipped. You are equipped for the journey. Go to Matthew 25, 14 through 21. This is a lot of scripture here, but I think many of you have heard about the parable of the talents. And you know, uh, the, the person with uh, the most talents, he, you know, you know what he did. Fourth, But then there was one. Then there was the guy with one. And so we can sort of go through that real quickly if we can, Matthew 25, 14. Can we go through to about verse uh, 25? And this particular person said, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And you can go to 26. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury, with interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For every one that hath hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he hath. 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And finally, in verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come into his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Here's the point. None of you, none of us have been shortchanged with anything. Whether you think you're super talented, super gifted, super smart, whether you feel that you're walking side by side with God or whether you feel you're the person furthest from God right now, you have not been shortchanged. In everything that you need to fulfill the will of God for your life, you have it. You can get the job done. And in doing so, you have to understand that fulfilling the will of God is just not about your life. Collectively, we're all working together. I need Shoemaker to do his part. But Shoemaker needs me to do my part. Think about it. 
I have failed my wife so many times in our marriage. Man, if I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, it's amazing how far maybe we could be together as a, as a couple. Even, and I have to repent, because if we were working together, if I was working with her and worked as hard and as faithful as she was, there's no telling where even this church might be. Now, I'm not trying to say it's about me, but what I'm saying is that the success that we experience individually in fulfilling the will of God has an impact on every one of you. There could be somebody in here, some young child right now. I don't know. He's back in children's church. And because someone's obedient and hears the call, Carrie says, we need somebody to work in children's church. And because some of you may have heard it, you get back there and you impact those children. And one of those children go, grows up. Maybe it's my son, Jaden, who won't leave his tablet alone. But then somehow he figures out to do something, you know, that the tablet can't do. And because you just took some time with him, Something triggers and all of a sudden you think Bill Gates is rich. He's rich. And do you think then this church is going to have any type of need financially? You encourage some young athlete to go out and do good. Take him to practice. Come watch a game. Do something. He becomes a major league athlete. All of a sudden do you think, you know, there's some financial considerations he might want to, you know, Donating his nonprofit organization, you know. Somebody spoke to your life about, yes, you can be a doctor. Somebody spoke in your life and said, you can be a coach. You can be a pastor. Holton, you taught my daughter math. She's knocking it out in medical school. You taught my son math. He knocked it out at Keenan Flagner Business School. He's working in the financial industry in New York City because he learned something from you. We impact each other's life. You can't tell me, Holton, that you're not called to be a teacher. You can't tell me, Miss Ham, that you're not called to be a teacher. I watched you work with your little brothers and sisters. You were a teacher from the age of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. She had summer school. No, she did. She had summer camp. She had summer camp as a little girl. And she had the itinerary mapped out from the beginning of the day. We're going to wake up. We're going to eat breakfast. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And at the time, I'm just like, hey, y'all have fun. I'm going to work. But then you look at it, none of my kids have had to pay to go to college because she took the time, you took the time, Shoemaker took the time to coach young basketball men and raise up great competition and people go to college now. And all of you, we need each other and we help each other so fulfilling the will of God is just not about you saying you know I did this 
Because rarely do we know how what I did fits into the whole realm of what God is doing. Like I said earlier, even for people who don't even know God, you can't, I mean, do you think Pharaoh was sitting back saying, I'm going to help Moses fulfill the will of God, so let it be written, so let it be done. Well, he was hard-headed. He had no idea. He had no idea. So, even if you don't have a God said, have a principle. Love somebody. Be good to your neighbor. I don't know what I should do for Michael Schamberger. Just do something good. You don't have to have a, a God audible here like, uh, Joseph, go by thou Schamberger house. Thou gettest 4.5 ounces of this and that and mix it with this and that and then give it to him in a gold plate and then serve him water with a pH balance of this and that and thus when he drinketh thou, he shall be healed. I don't have to hear all that to say, go buy some food for the family. Really? Go by and just get, make a call. Put a post on Facebook. Send an email or text. Just love somebody. That's all I'm saying. Or oh, not me, but that's all God's saying. Just, you know, it all goes hand in hand. And then think about this. How many of us, I mean, we're so quick to think about career choices. Some of us will move miles upon miles to go get a job. And that job may not be the will of God for your life. I think about raising kids all the time, and I, I, I hear parents say this, and I understand why they say it. They'll say something like, I want you to go to school so you can get an education, so that you can get a good job, so you don't have to struggle like mommy and daddy. So that you can get a good job, so that you can have money, and you can have more creature comforts than mommy and daddy. And never in there do you hear, listen, you're going to school because you're fulfilling the will of God. Because you see, as, 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 as your mom or your dad, I see what God is leading you. And you see, just in order for you to fulfill the purposes of God, see, I know that you need to go to school. And you know what? You're going to finish because, you, because I've seen the end from the beginning. I know that you're going to finish. I know it's going to be hard, but I know God's going to bless you, and you're going to get these natural things. In other words, how many of us really raise our kids or really search and pray for your spouse, not just for the job or not just to have this or that, but that, hey, listen, in whatever you do, are you doing the will of God for your life? How many people do you know? It's happened. Boy, they're only making $25,000. And all of a sudden, they get a call from Houston. Or they get a call from Seattle that says, hey, you can come out here. And we'll pay you $80,000. Now, most people will say, that's God. Don't be scared now. Don't be afraid to move out with God. <laughs> but how many of you would have enough discernibility to say, that's not God? You get out there and you make $80,000 and you're living somewhere and you're miserable, you know. 
And then maybe you're supposed to be here because you're about to meet the person. Someone earlier was talking about perspective, opening our eyes. Think about this. If we as people could really see through God's eyes, and when you were talking, this is what I saw. How many of you have had the opportunity to be on a plane? Right? It's one of the most amazing things to sit by a window and look out that plane. And all of a sudden, the busy hustle of the world, and you fly into the airport because you're late trying to do 80 miles per hour to get there, and you think you're going fast, and you're weaving in and out of traffic, and you're taking curves and everything else. And then when that plane takes off, or you're about to land, and you look down there, you're like, good grief. It's all mapped out. Curves and all the stuff just seem like perfectly cut squares, you know? You see communities from up high, and they look like these shapes, you know, all these different shapes. My point is, when you were saying, is that the higher you get, or I'll put it this way, the closer you are to God, your perspective changes. Because when you're up here, boy, the problems don't seem nowhere as big as they are when you're down here. When you're down here, oh, man, <laughs> they're huge. And then the higher you get, you're like, good grief. I was scared of that. Or it's really that small? That's because your perspective has gone what? Higher. You've changed your perspective. Open up my eyes. Lord, I want to see you know, your heart. Now, God's heart, and that's what made God so special. Because although he's right here with us in this, he knows the beginning from the end, so he's already way up here, and he knows. We need each other, and it's just so important that you know that. So point number one is to know he's God. Point number two, know his word. Point number three, know that you're equipped. You have everything you need to get the job done. You have everything you need to get the job done. Now, pointing this out, I'm not trying to make anybody feel, you know, nervous or upset, you know, about, you know. Um, but I, I just want you to feel challenged and examine if indeed we're going to, you know, be willing and open vessels because that's what we have to be. That's point number four. Know that faithfulness is better than gifts. Being willing and obedient and faithful is better than having the gifts and the talents. And I'm going to tell you, and please hear my heart in this, there's no better place I have seen that, that example modeled out than here at PIC. You can put the scripture up for me, Acts chapter 13, um, verse 22. I think about this morning and the praise and worship. 
Now, I have been in church. I, I worked in radio. I've worked in radio for years. I have seen the best singers ever. All these people you cut the radio on or CDs you buy, I have emceed their concerts. I have sat down in the studio with them. I have Fred Hammond's number here on my phone. I've got C.C. Winans' number here on my phone. I mean, I've got all these people, and I've seen them, and I've sat down with them. And I can tell you that a lot of the people I've sat down with, I wish I hadn't met. Now, I'm not talking about CC and, and Fred. I'm, I mean, there's a whole lot of others. No, no, no. I like, I like, I like, I love them both. But there's a whole lot of other heroes and people, they love their music. I wish I had never, ever met them. And it's hard for me now to listen to them on the radio or the music because I've met you. I've seen you. I've heard some of the stuff you say. I see some of the stuff you do, you know. It's, it's really, so when I come here, I don't see a lot of people that sing like Fred Hammond up here. I don't see a lot of people that sound like C.C. Winans up here. I don't. Uh, uh, whoever your favorite artists are, I don't see a lot of the people who sound like that. And I was, thank you were over here, Mike. And you you sang out, almost sound like a solo. It was a verse or something you had. And because I know you, you sounded beautiful to me. Because I know your heart. And I said, God, look at that man. Listen to him sing. Such melody. Such harmony that emanated from here. Most of us get, you know, I read an article recently. Trevor put it up, maybe Shonda put it up. And it was like, you know, you can't sanctify something by putting khakis and a blue blazer on it. <laughs> All right, I don't know how you look at me. Maybe some of you don't like me. You say, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. just because, Mr. Level, you got on a blue blazer and khakis this morning, you're not fooling me. That doesn't mean anything. You can't, you know. But you cannot dress holiness up. You can't dress it up. The faithfulness that of, 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 many, of you, many of you in here, all of you, Ernest, Joe, Steve, I mean, a man back there on sound who always says it sounds like, you know, whenever I talk to you and I enjoy talking to you, whether you know it or not, you remind me of Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> have you ever listened? Have you ever just listened to him talk? Just, just a second. Come here. Come here just a second. <laughs> you got to hear this. Watch this. Um, watch this. Close your eyes. And listen to this. Tell me, tell me a little bit about leadership. What, what do you think leadership is? Leadership is following God. <laughs> and following other people who lead you in your life. Mike Krzyzewski. Here in our church. Who knew, right? Now, when he's up here, he's... You know, I listen to him, and he sounds like Mike Krzyzewski, and I have to point that out. 
Faithful, though. Faithful. 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 Faithful all over this place. Faithful. Faithful. His wife jumped up. I don't think she knew or she was prepared, maybe thinking she was going to do it this morning. She jumps up. Faithful. 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 Hey, listen. Repeat after me. I may not be talented. I might be the bomb. But I want to be faithful. Come on, put your hands together. I'm talking about you. I want to be faithful. And I can tell you that I feel, I feel like I have failed in areas of faithfulness. Not in terms of like infidelity or something like that, but just in the little areas. I'll call you back. I'll get back with you. I'll be praying for you. The little areas. Now, I'm just, again, I'm just bringing these areas up, not to make any of us feel any type of way, but thank God that we serve the faithful one. He's more faithful than any of us could ever know. And we're all, we all need to be thankful for his faithfulness. Uh, Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom he also uh, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now, you know, it, it's, 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 it's funny because, I, I, and I remember it was you, uh, Elder, who maybe several months ago you got up and you talked about David. And, uh, and I love that message because, you know, David, David is said to be a man after God's own heart. But David has some, whoa, David, David has some real issues. Now, he was faithful as a young boy. I mean, you know, he had these big brothers, but yeah, there David was uh, shepherding the, the, the sheep out there by himself, playing with his old slingshot, flicking rocks here and there, flicking them off the leaves. I can imagine him flicking them off the, the leaves of the tree out there by himself, you know, out there singing, no one's listening, but he's out there just singing to himself, singing to the sheep. But he was being prepared. He probably had no idea either. But here he was being prepared to be the man. And then when he becomes a man shoemaker, this man got the audacity, the unmitigated gall to have somebody's husband killed. Because he was so lustful. Now, I get it. Listen, I, look, let's be honest. He was the king. And, and when you're the king, it's customary if the king can do whatever the king wants to do. But when you don't have a God said, you still have what? You got principle. And as you pointed out, here he was, a man of war. And when he had one moment just to relax, you know, yesterday, Sonia, you know, I told you, you know, Sonia, I had fun yesterday. Did you have fun? I did. And, but I have to tell you, with everything I've been through here lately, I'm almost scared to enjoy myself. 
No, I'm, I'm serious, people. I'm almost, and I hate that feeling. I hate this feeling. I got to get rid of it, of thinking that I can enjoy myself, but then, boom, something around the corner is coming. I hate that feeling, and but I'm dealing with it, and I'm trying to get over it, you know? It's just for me, you know? I had fun yesterday. It was great for me. But it's hard for me now just to have fun. It's hard for me sometimes even just to enjoy my children, to be honest with you. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, don't do that. Something's going to happen. Don't run here. You're going to fall. You're going to hit your head. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I'm not enjoying. I'm not enjoying them the way I need to. I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not enjoying the process the way I need to enjoy the process. Look at my little boy. He's five years old. You know, one day he just gets up and he takes the trash out, puts the trash bag in, takes the big garbage bales on the side of the house, and he puts them on the, on the side of the road. And then the next moment he just does something stupid. <laughs> just says something crazy. He's fine. And I want to enjoy it, but, you know, there's a difference between moms and dads, right, I think, you know, because sometimes, you know, dads, we're just, we're cut differently, you know. Moms, if you got your dads, just, dad's there, just love dad, just help dad. But let dad be dad, please, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, dad might sometimes say, you know, dad is never going to, tell you not to love and nurture your children. He just doesn't want you to love and nurture them when he's in the middle of trying to discipline them. <laughs> so let us finish before you want to intervene in the love and discipline. So when you see dad over there like, didn't I tell you? And I'm, and you're like, and then you want to bring up, he's just like you, you know. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one, right? You know he's doing it. You know you just like that. That's another sermon. I'm going to hear about it. I know on my way home. I know I'm going to hear about it. But the point is, is that David was a man after God's own heart. He repented. He had Bathsheba's husband killed. And even when the prophet said, you are the man, you know, he went and fasted. And this is what David had the ability to do that I think some of us still struggle with as we look to fulfill the will of God. And that is when we make mistakes, we're normally the last ones to forgive ourselves for it. See, being faithful and fulfilling the will of God doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. And you, may, you may end up making some big ones. Now, remember, it has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is a gift. Now, some of the rewards and stuff, you know, during your journey, you're going to be held accountable for, but God loves you. And he can remove your sin 
as far as the east is from the west. And none of us use that as an excuse to sin. But thank God for his faithfulness. So, yes, the point I want to make is that being faithful is better than being talented. I don't know if I got to all that because, you know, I sort of uh, went elsewhere. <sighs> no one can determine what your purpose is except God. Now, God may use some people to speak into your life. One plants, one waters, but God gets the increase of it, right? Spending time, quiet time, in his presence and listening, getting the peace and confirmation you need to hear about your will is a great place to start. And let's be honest, finding that time is hard. I've been busy. I think it was Thursday I got home. Was it Thursday I may have gotten home for the first time without having a meeting or do something Last week, it was it was pretty amazing. And I know I need to get back exercising and doing things, but that would have to cause me to get up at 4.30 in the morning. <sighs> I need to do it. That may be the only time I get my quiet time. So if that's what it takes for me to do, walking, exercising, spending time, you know, in his presence, because that's, that's therapeutic for a lot of people. So I don't know how you do it, but you need it. You need it. Third John, please, chapter 2. Can we end on some good news? It's all good news. Listen to this. Beloved, I wish above, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. This is the final point I want to make. Know that God wants you to be a winner. Know him. Know his word. <laughs> know that you're equipped. Know that being faithful is better than being talented. But also know this. Know that God wants you to succeed. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Isaiah 19, 119, 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient, be faithful. Be faithful. Before I close, I just want to say to you, Ben, it was remarkable to see you lead praise and worship this morning. And I felt as though this morning you were interceding on behalf of your dad. That maybe you pictured your dad sitting right back there with your mom. And maybe as you were leading praise and worship, maybe, just maybe, you were interceding so that your dad would return right back to that chair before anybody would ever expect it. 
and that he would be in health and that he would prosper. A lot of people been, wouldn't have been here this morning. Maybe they would have been with mom and dad or maybe they would have had a pity party. But your faithfulness, man, I want you to know God sees, bro. I just want to encourage you this morning, man. I really appreciate it and needed that. And your obedience this morning and your faithfulness, I know, did it bless you this morning? I know it crossed your mind. And so we thank you. I want to end with this. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. I want to fulfill God's purpose. I want to do his will. But let's just get to the matter of the fact. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I want you to know that PIC is a ministry, it is a place where you can fulfill the will of God for your life. PIC is a place where Faithfulness means something. PIC is a place where you meet people who understand that we do church and we do community together. And PIC is a place where we love one another and we all want to see you succeed in life in health and in God. Let's continue to keep uh, Michael and his family up in prayer. And to any of you out there who may be dealing with the purposes of God for your life, the will of God for your life, who may be just dealing with how do I hear from God during this season in my life, don't forget just to continue to be faithful. And then if you don't hear God's voice the way you want to, understand his word is always telling you to love people, to do good, to live righteously. And if no one's told you, all day long. Let me be the first one just to say I love you. In Jesus' name. And I don't want to be the first one ever again. Hopefully wives have said it to their husbands. Husbands have said it to the wives. Don't ever let another man be the first one to tell your wife that you're loved. To tell their children that you're loved. I want to challenge you to do it with one another. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, 
for being the express example of faithfulness. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who modeled out faithfulness and the cost of what it meant to fulfill the will of God for one's life. And we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, the immediate reprover of whenever we fall short of the glory of God. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for placing people in our lives, whether they be husbands and wives, to help us in this journey, to love us, to nudge us, to make us smile, to make us laugh, to comfort us, and even sometimes just to just flat out challenge us. We thank you for family members and and friends. And thank you for this pastor and his family. We thank you for the leaders of this ministry. Thank you for the faithful people of this ministry. We thank you for these wonderful kids and workers in the back. We thank you for every resource that you have made available to us, every talent you've given us. We pray for the Shamburgers. We pray for healing. God, where there's discouragement, God, we ask that you use somebody, Lord, to speak a word of encouragement. Where there is lack, God, we know that you'll use someone to meet the need. And God, if it's us that you want to speak to, Lord, let us find the time, God, to be quiet and then let our not only our eyes be open but let our ears be open and then beyond that even let our hearts be open to receive whatever it is that you would reveal to us to do and let us be obedient willing and obedient to do it we thank you lord you're an awesome god and we are blessed beyond measure in jesus name Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand.